um, if you wanted to close, uh, if you wanted to scale fast, if you want to have a competent team, then hire a call center. If you wanted to have the money right away or the closings right away, then hire uh, a call center because it's going to save you a lot of your time. So it's just going to be like a plug and play and that's it. You are listening to the Real Estate Growth Hackers Show. Growth Hackers Show. I am Zach Hammer. Today I've got a really exciting topic for you. We're going to be talking about the myths about outsourcing lead follow-up uh, that, that, that really you want to know and understand is that you know the power of being able to outsource your lead follow-up when you're dealing with your real estate leads. Uh, in that ta- you know, on that topic, uh, our, our expert guest today, I've got Harry Ab- Ab- Abelinosa. There we go, right? Abelinosa. Sorry for trampling you that name. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, with, with Here to Assist. Uh, dot co and that's here uh, to the number two assist dot co uh, so Harry runs a a a, a Philippines based uh, you know uh, call center that that actually specializes in working in the uh, in the real estate industry I believe it, Harry correct me if I'm wrong do you guys serve other industries too um right now we are starting to actually open up to other industries um to other like for example the roofers um like uh, pools services and stuff like that clients of ours and the clinics also so yeah we're opening up awesome so that's actually very exciting as well yeah so yeah so so you know they're they're helping with a number of a number of needs but i know harry you guys cut your teeth uh definitely in the real estate space and that's kind of where you got where you got started where you do a lot of your work and and really where you have the massive specialty which is you know why you're here on the real estate growth hacker show to uh, to talk about uh, some of these myths about outsourcing and lead follow up. Um, so let's yes. go ahead and uh, and dive into that, Harry. Go ahead and uh, if, if you wouldn't mind, uh, you know, tell everybody a bit of a uh, you know a, a quick backstory. How did how did you get to be where you are now? Uh, what's the story of here to assist and uh, and and kind of where did it come from? Uh, before we dive into the uh, into the into the actual myths. Sure, sure. Um, so before I even built this call center, I used to be an ISA, an outsourced ISA for t- more than 10 years before even building my call center. So I already had that experience. The people that really taught me are the realtor itself. So they trained me so that I could properly qualify this leads for them so I could give them the results, right? Some of the things that I used to do was actually besides qualifying the leads, I also send them, um, the process of trying to get pre-approval through, through the email as well. So that was one of those things that I do. And around 2016 to 2017 is where I was supposed to start here to assist 2016, but I got hired to start to, to be part of like a startup call center that was owned by Canadians. Um, there were two Canadians and the other one is, is one of like a very respected broker in Calgary. His name is Mark um, Brazel. And this guy actually sold over like a billion on his career in real estate. And he was one of those people that really mentored me and coached me on how to um, qualify these leads properly. So at that moment, I didn't know that that guy was a a really big deal in that area, right? He has like a really good resume, you would say. So they started the company and I was like one of the pioneers because I already had like those years of experience. So... I, I worked with them for a year. Then the company went down because some um, personal issues with the owner. And after that, 
crazy uh, believe it or not, I still went back to being an ISA because I was so afraid to start my own because I saw the downfall of the previous company. Right. Right. And that was crazy. But um, even though I already know what I needed to do, the steps that I need to have in order for me to have a really solid call center. So um, I think that was two, um, uh, early 2019 is when I said, okay, enough. I'm going to stop looking for a job. I want to build my own because I think April 2 is when I lost my job and April 3 is actually my birthday. So <laughs> I was supposed to, I had planned to celebrate on that birthday, but you know, my boss just told me that, you know, you have no job anymore. And I was like, okay, I'm tired of this. That's it. I'm going to build my own. So after that, and I just used my experience basically just to grow this company. And my goal was just to provide the best service, a service that really could produce results and in the beginning for like the first year was the most challenging because I had to do everything like the training of the ISAs, talking to clients, making sure I put the system in place. And right now I'm so happy that I already have managers. I already have coaches. I already have like supervisors, um, you know, uh, our prospecting recruitment, all that stuff. I already have a consultant that's, that's actually been helping me right now. So the company really grew and, most of them, a lot of them actually, no, almost all of them are referrals from people because we did the, a good job from a previous client. Nice. And until now, I'm still actually not doing the, the, the Facebook ads, you would say, because, right. um, you know, I was, I'm so afraid to grow very, very fast that I might sacrifice the results. So I rather like, you know, grow very, very slow as long as I'm going up, you would say. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, being able to keep up with the pace of, uh, of, of customers and, and keep that high level of service uh, makes a big difference for sure. Um, so that, yeah, that's, that's good that you're thinking about that. And I, I know it's, it's one of those interesting things. I mean, you and I have talked about this. Um, the fact that you decided to start your own business, period, is, is a little bit of a rare thing uh, in the Philippines. There isn't as much of a, uh, as much of a culture of entrepreneurship out there. And, and that's part of why uh, you know, for for those of us in the in, you know in the states or in the in the in the Western Hemisphere or whatever, you know, we we don't we don't see that as often. Um, and so that was one of the things that really you know that that excited me about uh you know when 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 we met when we started talking uh is you know I I just I, I love working with uh with people who are who are excited about business who are who are kind of chasing that dream and so getting to see see that in a in a culture where I just hadn't seen that much uh is a is is a really cool thing and so I know. Um, you know, probably even more so for you than, uh, than, than maybe for, you know, some of us in the, you know, in the West, um, it, it, it really starting your own business is probably even more of a leap than it, than it, than it has been, uh, for many of us. Cause, uh, you know, in the States, especially there's a massive culture of entrepreneurship. There's, a uh, you know, a, a, a like a deep seated belief of kind of raising yourself up by your bootstraps and, um, and, and that's, and that's common, but. Uh, I think in the Philippines, you're a little bit more surrounded with, uh, you know, with, with folks who uh, like that, that's, that's, that's foreign to them. It's not usual, right? Yeah. I mean, like um, I actually talked about my wife about this is that right. it, it's actually a negative here. If you're too ambitious, like right. if you have a really big dream, they think that you're bragging or you're late, you're stupid. Like you don't know what you're talking about. How could you go there? Like it's already a negative thing. If you want to be ambitious and wanted to change your life, like 
a couple of like yesterday I talked to my mom and I was talking to my mom about like my plans in the future and he was asking things and I just suddenly said um I rather not go into more details because I know you won't even believe me anyways because <laughs> the thing that I'm doing right now is so new to them right. that they when I first started this my mom even thought that I was um doing something illegal Imagine that because he couldn't believe his son being an entrepreneur and building his own company. So like I get laughed at, like people will like smirk on me every time I tell them about my plans and all of that stuff. And right now that they're actually seeing the success of the company, they're slowly starting to believe it right now. Nobody's laughing at me right now. Nobody's like looking down like this guy can't do it because I already did. And this is not it yet. I'm still growing. I'm still wow. very, very hungry to to actually get me up there, like change my life and not just my life, but also my team's life, right? So my, my end game or my end goal basically is, is me, the company itself is changing the lives of, of my employees. Like if right. I get that, I'm just going to be a very, very happy man because that's, that's one of my dreams to actually provide a, a, a way of living for them and changing their lives as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yeah, so I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot of power in your story for sure. Uh, essentially being trained up uh, by somebody who just, who, who already knew what they were doing. You kind of, you kind of learn uh, in the trenches, learn from somebody who, who's already got the skill set. You're able to, uh, to take that and run with it. Uh, and then, yeah, starting a, you know, a, a locally based company to, to do some good in your community while uh, still being able to provide a, a great service in the world. And uh uh, and, and shoot, make some money, right? Like that's a, that's part of the process too. It's, it's, it's all of that, right? You get to, uh, you know, uh, what I, I like to describe it as is doing, doing good while doing well, right? So doing, doing both, you're doing good in the world while simultaneously, uh, doing well. So, uh, uh, give me just a second. I'm having a little bit of an audio issue that I'm going to fix real quick. All right. So we're back. I got that audio issue fixed. Uh, so let's, let's go ahead and, uh, and continue on. So, so Harry, you started the company here to assist. Uh, you you got that going. You ran into uh, you know just like every company, you ran into uh, you know some some obstacles, some learning curve along the way. Uh, and yet here we are today. You got you got a successful company. Uh, you're growing. You're scaling. You're you're servicing clients. You're doing a great job. And really, the the point of today's episode is uh, uh, is to share some of the of the lessons that maybe people uh, aren't aware of the 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 myths that they may have. Uh, about what it's like uh, to, you know, to outsource your lead follow-up, what that looks like, what, what, what are some of the, uh, you know, so what are the, the expect, expectations uh, and, and unfounded beliefs um, that really are holding people back from a major opportunity that exists right now uh, of being able to outsource this, uh, this lead follow-up, right? So, so let's go ahead and, uh, and dive in uh, to some of those key myths. So uh, first and foremost, I'd say probably the most prevalent myth is going to be that people need to hire uh, either a U.S.-based company or a maybe a U.S.-based freelancer, uh, or, or, or you know, U.S. maybe Canada, uh, you know, like somebody uh, somebody from essentially the same country, uh, you know, where where you're looking to do business. So, so that's that's a myth. Uh, what's the reality there, Harry? So that's actually a really good um, um, thing to t- actually talk about because you know, not a lot of people you know, knows about this because most of the, the people that started out in real estate usually will go for um, 
uh, an ISA based in the U.S. And usually they're very, very expensive. If you're a startup, uh, you, if you're a startup business that's, you know, wanted to get as many funds as you can, because once you, you're a startup, you need to get accumulate as much funds as you can. The best thing that you could actually do it is to outsource that follow up or that ISA um, job to somebody that is in the Philippines or in India. You would say that knows what they're or knows how to qualify the leads. So there are actually call centers like mine um, that you know specialize in qualifying those leads of them, follow up, nurturing the leads. Just like what I mentioned earlier, where we're also like. Um, once we find somebody that is interested in buying a home, then we send them the link for the pre-approval process, get their name out there. And once they submitted that pre-approval, um, there's going to be like a CRM that we would re tell the, the, the broker that, okay, this we already sent the pre-approval and it's already in the process. Right. So, um, yeah, uh, like, uh, uh, those type of things can be done outsourced. Right. And the good thing about this is that if you outsource, like there's a pool of talent out there that is really, really good that you could hire for very cheap. Right. And right. not and, a lot of them knows about it yet. Right. And I mean, that's the, that's the major downside of hiring in the U S right. Is that, is that the, that the cost is going to be much more expensive. Um, and, and really there, there may be some level of a benefit to it. Uh, but it's, it, it, it's hard to offset that cost, right? Like the, it's, it's really hard to offset the, the higher cost. Um, and, and so that, you know, that's where we, where we get to like some of the reasons why people hire in the, in the U S or the things that they're trying to solve when they're hiring in the U S. Uh, and so that, that brings us to our next myth, which is, you know, if, if, if I outsource, especially if I outsource outside of the, outside of the U S uh, you know, I'm going to get somebody with a, with a hard to understand accent, right? Like that's a, that's a that's a common belief. So so walk me through that. Why is uh, why is there that perce perception? And then what what's the reality? Um, yes, a hundred percent. And and that's that's actually most the most asked questions um, I get when I talk to clients is that before I before I even start with them, they ask me how's their accent because your accent seems you know you seems not you're actually not from the Philippines. How could this be? Like, are there more people like you? Right. And the <laughs> right. good news is there's actually a lot of people like me. And the only problem that they actually um, experience those that have like an accent, it's because they paid for the, the, the VA in a very, very low price. Because right. professionals like me that knows how to talk, knows how to have con a communication, like people that will really get you the results, usually um, have like a higher rate. Right. So if... Um, you're just looking to get cheap, then you'll have like a low quality type of uh, a VA or um, you would say an ISA. But if you have um, like a rate of five to eight dollars, then you you could definitely find somebody that is really, really good in actually talking and having a communication. So right. yeah, that's so, one mean, of the things like the price itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just like anything. I mean, you, you get what you pay for. Right. So obviously the skill set of being able to uh, you know to speak with a with with a with a more american sounding accent um, that's that's a practiced and learned thing to a degree and uh, and the people yes. who have that skill you know uh, yes they you know, at, you know when you're when you're working as an isa for an american based company that that means that you're more, you're you're more valuable right like your skill set is is better so you you yeah. you know you you can you can command a higher wage and so yeah you're not you're not going to get 
uh, uh, super high quality, uh, fantastic accent from somebody. Uh, if you're if you're paying, you know, a buck an hour, two bucks an hour, three bucks an hour, you you have to you have yeah. to be at that range where you're where you're paying somebody a good a good rate for the area. Now, here's the benefit though, is that in the Philippines. And five bucks an hour to eight bucks an hour, like that's that's you know yeah. that's less than minimum wage out here, right? But uh, but that's that's a good living in the Philippines, right? Exactly, and that's one of the things that I want um, most of the most of the the people, the the clients that are looking for to outsource their things. That yes, please give these people the salary, like the five, the eight dollars, or even the ten dollars, because you're changing their lives as well, brothers. Right. Like it's not just like. You know, you're paying them as the salary. They're working for you, but yes, they're going to be very, very happy for you, uh, happy working with you because you're also changing their lives because of their salary, right? If you find somebody that is really, really good, don't be afraid to pay extra. Like right. I know that um, usually the salary is like below ten dollars, right? It's already very, very cheap. But these people that are really, really good are scaling the business of these people, right? right? scaling the business of the, this business owners and they're helping growing the company. And yeah, I mean, having that salary already is already amazing. And that's, that's it. Like when I got that much, when I was working as an ISA, that was a time when I could already like afford to, to like, um, save enough money you would say for the family. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and one of the, one of the other things about this, about this myth of like finding, uh, you know, having having a hard to understand accent. Uh, it's not just the price point, right? So uh, there's there's literally the question of where are you outsourcing to, right? Because not all areas are created equal. Um, the the Philippines has a has a you know already has a call center culture. There's a there's a a a, a, a big group of call centers there already. Um, but secondarily, there are other places that have that. Uh, you know, like India. India does have a lot of call centers, for instance. Um, but something that a lot of people don't know about uh, about the Philippines is that English is one of the primary languages, right? It's uh, it is uh, it yes. largely spoken across the country, um, and and so it's it's not yeah, it's it's not something that is uh, you know just learned in school. It's it's very much a you know a, a, an integral part of the culture. Whereas uh, from my understanding, at least that's that's less the case uh, in a place like India, right? Where where the the actual common spoken language is not English. They have to they have to learn English, uh, and therefore you know it, it's a little bit harder to make that gap to learn a new accent. So uh, you know, exactly. the, just just picking the right area itself that's part of the power of outsourcing something like your call center to to the Philippines, correct? A hundred percent. Here's here's the thing though. Like I just wanted you to, to like. Why don't you get like give you a picture of how English here is like we even use English in our traffic sign. Oh, so right. like, yeah, anywhere you actually see in the Philippines, it's uh, written English, right? right. It, like it, the traffic signs and all that. Because when we go to school, when we're actually in kindergarten, we already learn English. Like right. English is part of our like um, uh, subject in school until you actually go to college. Right. There's still an English um, 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 class that you, they, they actually attend to. And so uh, it's actually in our culture as well. Like everybody that you actually see or talk to in the Philippines knows how to speak in English, not into like an American accent, but they could actually understand you and they could actually talk to you. If you want to ask for directions, you know how to, you know, they actually know how to um, interact and communicate with you. So that's the best part. And 
when the the BPO industry came to the Philippines, I believe like 2014 was the the start of it, where it actually started growing. Where um, and, the big companies, real real quick, yeah, just for ahead. anybody who who isn't familiar, what does BPO stand for? Uh, business process outsourcing. So this is like the call centers um, that you actually have, where Amazon would hire people call centers in the Philippines, like the airlines would, would hire people in the Philippines, you know, the customer service that you hear, you know, they know that they're, they're, they're or they're actually like Filipinos that they hire. So even the biggest companies hire people from the Philippines or they outsource the customer service support, the technical support and like the, the ISA, the outbound calls and all of that stuff for, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So so in terms of the in terms of the hard to understand accent, I know one of the other things uh, one of the other things that, that that you've you've talked to me about is because that call center uh, you know that that call center culture exists, right? There there are yeah. you know there are people who are already trained on this, right? Like that that essentially another yes. company has put in the time and effort to to really help dial in somebody's ac- accent uh, and and make sure that that's the case. But again, that goes exactly. back into you know that because they have that skill set, uh, you're going to pay more for it. So that's kind of where that comes from. Because essentially, there's already a massive a massive industry out there of of these call centers that are being run by big companies that that are paying attention to things like accents and, and whatnot, right? Gotcha. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's one of the things that um, this big companies are doing um, really really good is that they're they're training these people to have new skills. Right. So um, before they even get endorsed. To actually on the floor to to like to train um, with with the product and all of that, they would have an accent English pronunciation training. Right. Like they would go through that training. Like they would learn how to properly pronounce things. Right. They would go over and over. Then they will have a teacher that will grade them. You know, if they did good or did they did uh, you know that they improve with that pronunciation or you know that's the good thing that they actually did is that they trained a lot of people. And right now, these people are people like me and, you know, being like entrepreneurs now going, working at home, working for companies in the U.S. and all that stuff. And, yeah, that's the best thing that they actually did um, in the Philippines. Like they trained these people to, to really enhance their English skills. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, so you know, just to, just to wrap up this, this portion. So in terms of the myth. That you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna be able to understand somebody if you don't hire in the U.S., right? Or, or if you outsource this. Um, as long as you're looking, at, you know, at the right level, right, where you're you're ready to pay yes. the right amount, and as long as you're looking in the right area. Uh, and then further, we didn't touch on this, uh, uh, but one of the things that we had talked about, generally, you're gonna find a higher concentration of people who are gonna have this skill set in the bigger cities, right? In in uh, yes. Manila in in Cebu City in Davao, right? You're gonna find you're gonna find more of a concentration of people who already have this skill set uh, in those bigger cities, and maybe less in the rural areas. Correct? Yes, that's that's a hundred percent. And one of the biggest reasons for that is that uh, most of these people work in a call center and they live in the city. Right. So if you wanted to look for people that really know how to really good English, then you should find people that are. Um, in the city of, like, for example, Manila, Cebu City, Makati City, like those type of cities will be great just for you to start. And yeah, you could definitely get a lot of talent there. Right, right. Awesome. So let's let's go into the next myth then. So uh, 
one of the things you know, uh, people may have varying experiences with uh, with having uh, worked with 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 outsourcing, having worked with VAs, having worked with uh, um, you know with people in general, and and sometimes if somebody goes into the outsourcing scenario without the right level of understanding and without knowing the right things to look for and uh, how to be the right kind of employer as well, uh, they can run into a problem. And maybe some people have built up a perception that when they hire, uh, say they hire somebody to outsource in, in the Philippines, uh, that they're going to get somebody who's unreliable. That's not going to be able to, to show up consistently or, who, or who's going to uh, disappear on them. Um, you know, and, and so could you, could you speak to that? Of of really, uh, why is that not always the case? And and how does somebody avoid that? How does somebody avoid uh, you know hiring in a way that's going to end up having somebody who who might be unreliable? Okay, great. And and it actually that's a really good question. One of the biggest factor of that is again is actually the wage. Right. So you need to hire people that are professionals, right? Some of those people that you hire, like for a VA, um, some of them will have a rate, and you would know already that. Um, this person is the right person because once you talk to them, they would already understand you. Right. So you will have VAs like that. Like you will find uh, people like if you ask them questions, they would already know what you're talking about. And those are the type of people that you need to work with. Right. Some of this, uh, some of oh, they think that, you know, if you wanted to go outsource, I could find a very, very cheap VA and like I could just train him to do it. Yeah, you could actually do that, but it will take a lot of time. Right. It will take a lot of resources as well. Like, for example, if you hired a VA, like who would manage them? Like who would make sure that they're doing the daily task every day? So that's one of the biggest challenges as well. So if they won't show up for work, what would happen then? Right. right? So that's the reason why, it, it, you know, like when every, every industry, once you work with people, you will have those issues. It's actually having the right system in place to make sure that you, they are properly monitored, that they're properly, you know, putting in the, the stats during the day and all that stuff. Like right. if they have issues when it comes to internet connection or they couldn't show up for work, like you should have a backup, right? right? These right. are the things that you could actually put in place. So that way you will have a stable core and, you know, for example, you need like the VAs is going to be like a 50% of that's that the, the working people that helping you scale the business, right? Then you need to have a system in place as well. And um, one of the, I think we, we actually talked about this. One of the options that they can actually have is to hire call centers as well. Right. So um, yeah, that's one of the options. So that way um, they could just hire or, or like rent like rent the manpower that is, that is already trained, that right. has a reliable internet, doesn't have any electricity problems and all of that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I mean, on that note, like, you know, going back to what you were just talking about, what you were just talking about a second ago, I, I think it's important for people to know and remember, uh, you know, this, this is one of those blind spots that people have. Uh, if, if, you're, if your only goal is to is to save the money as much as possible, right? Then then the thing that somebody might be missing is that there's other elements that then you're probably going to have to step up and do yourself as well, right? Like you're going to have to uh, put some extra time and extra work into monitoring the person that you're working with. Yeah. You might you might have to spend a long time training somebody uh, in order to make sure that they're up to up to speed and really solid on your processes. Uh, and so you might you might be able to get somebody for cheaper. Uh, but don't don't let that be like a like a blind spot 
where you don't understand there's a cost to that. The cost is that you're essentially taking on more responsibility. And, and you know, that's going to be in terms of monitoring, having those systems, thinking through the backups, uh, thinking through all that stuff. And, and you're going to have to have a plan in place for that, uh, you know, or you can look at essentially a plug and play solution like like what you guys offer it at, at here to assist right where it's where it's more of a um you know hey you're you're bringing us in so that we can convert the leads for you we're going to take care of the reliability we're going to take care of the tracking we're going to take care of all of that stuff right so it's um you know, that that is one of those trade-offs there uh, that that you know that people ultimately make that uh, that's important to understand of uh, of you know what it looks like to make sure that somebody's reliable either Either you're taking on the systems to create that reliability, or you're hiring, uh, you know, a system or a company that kind of has that reliability baked in, right? A hundred percent. And like I even uh, spoke to a, a client of mine a couple of days ago, and um, so he's a new client, right? So I talked to him and asked, like, okay, what's your, what's your actually your main problem right now? Why are you like outsourcing the ISA? Because he he has like a team of ISAs for his company. Right. And he came to me and asked, like, I wanted to switch. Like I said, what's what's the main problem? He said, I just can't manage them. Like the things that I'm doing is for the ISA daily. I can't even scale the business because on my daily task, I'm just doing ISA stuff, like reminding them, doing training and all of that stuff. And they said, like, I couldn't do it. And I need to focus on actually scaling my business. And I told him, like, you're right. Like if you wanted to be, because he's an agency owner, like I said, if you wanted to be an agency owner, then yeah, you could be an agency owner. But if you want to have an ISA, that's another business that you need to manage. Like if you don't have experience in actually managing an ISA team, then you could fail and you would have things like that where the whole day you're just going to do ISA stuff and that's not going to be productive. You should hire somebody that is already know what they're doing. Um, It should be like a plug and play, for example, like, um, once you hire a, 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 a VA or an ISA that has experience, then it should be like, here, here's my leads, here's the buyer script, go ahead and dial them. And that right. should be it. And this pers- person would have uh, like the understanding that they would need to get those qualified buyers and sellers to them. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's an important uh, component of, uh, of, of making sure uh, in terms of how you're thinking through something and how you're thinking about that reliability. Cause uh, you know, that's one of those other elements. If, if uh, you know, if in the past you've hired somebody and, you, and just, you know, in hiring them, you haven't thought through how to keep somebody reliable. Uh, that's, that's part of one of the benefits of working with, uh, with a call center that's dealing with that for you. Uh, one of the other things that, yeah. that makes a difference that we've talked about before uh, is, you know, how happy people are in their work environment. Right. Like that's going to make a massive difference in terms of how reliable they are. Right. Because there's 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 both the financial, uh, which is probably one of the primary drivers. Right. Uh, Making enough money. That's 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 going to be a big thing that's going to make somebody happy and keep somebody happy getting paid enough. Right. Um, But there's other intangible things as well that make a big difference. You want to you want to speak to that about uh, about the, the aspects of the work environment itself that that keep somebody happy and therefore ready to stay reliable. Yes, hundred percent. Like for example, Filipino culture, like we're 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 like a a family culture. You would say like we love family. So if we find a boss that would you know likes to take care of us and all that, we even have this loyalty. Like we don't even care. Like if you pay us very very low, as long as you treat us really really good, because like the work environment for us is very very important. I think any people would love that, right? Any work environment that is 
um, a boss that would love you, a boss that would appreciate what you're doing, um, would, would really help you product, be very, very productive uh, in, in the long term. And you will have a very, very loyal type of people, you would say. And um, like the one of the things that you would say is like uh, a, a culture thing where like once like an American works with a Filipino is that the way they treat the Filipino is like, I pay you this, you work for this and that's it. Right. Usually it's going to be like that for a Filipino. Um, he's just going to take it as a job. And the sooner, like after a couple of months, everything is going to go dull and like he's going to go, not going to show up for work anymore and all that. Because right. usually we're working alone. We work at home. Right. We can't we don't talk to anyone because we work night shift. So we work in the morning from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. in the morning. That's right. how hard working your, your VAs are working every day for you. Right. And that's the reason why you need to talk to them. You need to tell them, hey, how are you? How was your day? Like, how's everything doing? Like, you need to talk to them um, in a regular basis and make them feel that they're actually part of the team, that they're actually important. That alone will go a long way for a VA, for them to be very, very happy that their boss is actually asking how they are. How are you doing? How are you doing today? Like, how's everything? How's the, how's the birthday party? All that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's 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 one of those things. I mean, since since you know the Filipino people are are very loyal, uh, it, it's a little a little can go a long way. Uh, uh, you know, showing a uh, just even even a bit of empathy of 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 uh, connecting with somebody as a person, it, it comes back. Uh, you know, you know tenfold in terms of of what that means, right? Because because then if there's if there's a misunderstanding or if or if something comes up. Um, then you're less likely to, to have somebody just ghost you because they actually like feel like there's a relationship there to protect, right? If there's no relationship, then they're, you know, yeah, maybe they'll just disappear, <laughs> right? That's a, exactly. That's, yeah. yeah, and so, and so that's, that's a good thing, yeah. Yeah, and, and so, so, you know, you know, Filipino people are really loyal in that, and yet it doesn't come for nothing, right? Like you, they, 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 they return loyalty, uh, with loyalty, right? Like that's, that's, that's how, that's how, that's how it works. So it's, you know, if you don't show them that, if you don't show people that you care about them, then yeah, they're not going to care about you either. Right. It just, it's just going to be a transactional thing. And as soon as it goes South, then yeah, you know, it disappears. Um, and again, I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the benefits of, uh, of, of, you know, like working with a company like yours, right. Is that you do care about your, your ISAs, your people that you're working with, you're making an impact on their life. And so even if, uh, the average real estate agent doesn't have as much time to, you know, to, to get really deep in the weeds of what's going on in the family and, and put in that, that amount of time. Uh, if they need to be honestly a little bit more transactional, well, they get the benefit of your being the, the, the family, you're being the, the, the person that that's, that's really caring. And, and again, I mean, it's not like you should just completely brush it off as somebody, uh, even if you're working with a call center or something, right. It's not, it's not like that, but, um, there's a little bit less that you have to do to keep that relationship up, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. Like, for example, like all they could take care of, uh, all they could think about is just the live transfers. That's right. it. Like right. they don't have to do anything. Like, cause we're, we're going to be the ones that's going to act like as a filter to all the leads that are coming in. So that way we, they don't have to talk to anyone that is not even interested in talking about real estate. Exactly. So that's what we do. We make sure that we, we only let them speak with people that are interested in buying or selling. So, right. and 
yeah, you're actually spot on to that, to be honest with you. So heck yeah. <laughs> and, and one other thing, I, I forget if we talked about this or not. I don't think we touched on it much, uh, but I know what's one of the things that's really important uh, in the Filipino culture is, uh, is family, right? Like, like everything is about family, everything, you know, you, you, you work for, for your family, you, uh, you, you work to get to get time with your family to take care of your family. And so, um, so really having that understanding of like, you know, shoot, if, if, if somebody needs to be there for their family in terms of, uh, taking somebody to the hospital or dealing with somebody who's sick or, um, that kind of stuff, having, having the company understand that that's an important thing. And so when it's, when it's, you know, when it comes up and when it's relevant, being ready to, to be there and support that. Um, and, and yeah. like, like that's, that's what keeps somebody around in the long run, right? Like understanding those uh, things, correct? Yeah. Like, uh, yes. Like even recently, like we even sent gifts to them and, um, a couple of them already received, uh, their gifts because it's like, we, we just wanted to show them, we wanted to give them gift, gifts just to say thank you to them because um, I think last month we had a downtime and all of them were actually working together to make sure that we cover up for each client that we have. And it was just amazing to see that these people are just doing it on their own, you know? Right. Like, I didn't even tell, tell them to do it. They would just communicate to each other and say, okay, I got this client, I got this client, so don't worry about this. I already called the follow-up and all that stuff. And they were just doing it automatically without me even going in and telling them what to do. So these right. people already cared. And that's the reason why um, one of our cons uh, our consultant was very impressed by them. And our consultant even asked, I think we should give them gifts. But and, and like my wife already said, like, yeah, we already planning to actually do that. So right. what we did is like we printed some T-shirts. We had some right. mugs. We have some tumblers. And we actually gave them some um, bag of uh, coffee, you would say. Right. And so we, we put it in a package. So we delivered it to them. And so like everybody was so happy like to actually see that, that they actually have gifts. And that, those are, you know, one of the things that we just wanted to show them appreciation for what, what they actually did. And right. again, having this relationship with them, like I take care of you if you take care of me and don't worry about like, if you, you, you know, if you trust me as your leader, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to change your lives. Because I always tell them that, like, this journey that I'm on right now, is just, it's not just about me because I can't grow without them, my team, right? right? So I always tell them that if I grow, I'm going to bring you guys with me because you're going to be the managers. Do you think I'm going to manage this company? No. You're gonna manage that. <laughs> Absolutely. No, you're gonna, you're gonna, you guys are gonna be supervisors for sure. Like, and and one of the things I do is like, give them uh, skill sets. Right. So I hired a consultant to actually train my ISA to become managers, to become team leaders, to become coaches, to become um, supervisors, QAs, um, for the company. And that's the reason why I'm very, very excited right now, because I could see everybody working really, really hard for growth. And seeing that right now, I'm, I'm just very, very happy that I really took that step. And I, I made them a promise as well. Like I told them that I will not hire people from outside. I would rather hire people to train you so we could grow this together. Because, again, I'm very, very same. I told you loyalty i'm so loyal to my team right now right <laughs> i'm so loyal to them right now right <laughs> so yeah that's exactly that's, i didn't even see that but yeah that's that's what i do like i'm very loyal to them as well yeah. so yeah and so and so again i mean in terms of in terms of the myth right so uh getting reliable people 
uh, you know, when hiring and outsourcing in the Philippines, especially, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a combination of, of, you know, paying them enough, right? So we talked about that, making sure that, that you're, you're paying enough to attract the right kind of people. And then also making sure that that culture uh, is understood and taken care of, right? So that you're dealing with, uh, you know, basic stuff like treating people like humans, right? And, and understanding the importance of family and being ready, uh, you know, being ready for that. And, and so, you know, as, as a, you know, a, you know, real estate agents or real estate professionals are potentially looking at, at embarking into this world, I mean, essentially there's, there's two understandings here. Either if you're going to go it, go at it on your, on your own, you've got to be ready to have those things in place and to put the time into it to make sure that you're taking care of your team that you're outsourcing to, right? Or you partner with a company like here to assist that's going to already be taking care of this so that all you have to think about is dealing with those live transfers and just talking to the people that your ISA team is essentially going to help you yeah. to convert. Right. So, um, so, so, so that's, that's that myth of, uh, of getting people that are reliable. Uh, so let's talk about uh, really one of the last myths, uh, which is that, you know, people have a perspective. I think a lot of the reason why people go after hiring somebody individually uh, if they're going to outsource uh, or maybe even why they avoid it entirely is that they think that call centers are going to be too expensive or require some crazy massive budget. It's like, oh, sure, you know, yeah. Amazon can again can can bring in a call center because they've got billions of dollars to throw around. But you know, me, the solo agent, uh, you know, can't ever afford you know working with a call center because you know because it'd be too expensive. And 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 the reality is that that's not the case, correct? A hundred percent. The good news is. There's also uh, small call centers or small teams right. that, that could actually cater uh, those type of uh, startup businesses or people that has less budget. Like, um, that's, for example, uh, for a small call center or for a small team, it would be like around 20 um, team members to 100. That would you would consider as a small company. Right. If it's going to be like around 300, this medium size, like we even have call center, like the Amazons that would have like a thousand employees in place. Right. So for us uh, right now, for here to assist is I consider them as a small company, even though we're already like over like 100 plus clients that we're working with. We're right. still very, very small because the team that I'm working on right now is not even over past 100. Right. And so like you could actually find small call center that's the good news is that you could actually work with people that are reliable uh, people that are already trained you don't need to manage you just have to think about the results you right. could actually hire this people for a low low price like and you like it's gonna save you a lot of time because at the end of the end of the day it's all about time right do you have the time to manage a team do you have the time to do meetings every week do you have time to actually talk to them, to train the ISA, to make sure you correct the mistakes. If you don't have the time and if you just wanted to scale, then you should like hire a call center, a small call center to actually do the, all the follow-up, the nurture and all of that because you will already have a pre-trained person to actually do that. And some of them, like for example, for me, since I already work in real estate for, 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 for quite a while and I already know um, the type of CRMs that they work with, the lion desk, the follow-up bosses, right. you know, all that stuff. So in that way, like, it's more like a plug-and-play already. Like, the eyes, the, 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 the broker would just let us know, like, what is your SOP? Okay, we're just going to put the ISA there and follow that SOPs, and that's it. Right, right. And, and, and they don't have to think about anything. 
yeah. And SOP is standard operating procedure for anybody who's uh, who's not familiar exactly. with it. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so yeah, I mean, so the, the, the perception is essentially that they're either, uh, they're either going to hire, you know, one person or maybe build up their own team where they're hiring each person individually, or they're going to go with some massive call center. Uh, and so what you're saying though, is that in reality, there are, uh, you know, smaller, more, more tactical, uh, groups, units of people. And, and more specifically, like this is a, this is a sub, you know, a, a, another benefit to this, uh, you know, just, just like you, uh, you know, sure, you're starting to venture out a bit into into other industries because there's some opportunity there. But really, you have been very focused in the real estate space, uh, and and so you know it really well. And that's part of why you're able to offer a an effective, cost effective solution to real estate professionals because you know you're you're repeating the same uh, the same processes that work over here for your next client uh, because really, uh, real estate in basically everywhere across the uh, uh, across the US especially and, and in Canada as well it's it, overall it's the same process there's a little bit of differences here or there and that's that's where your unique touch and your unique uh, you know standard operating you know procedures and your unique systems come into play um, but really like CRMs or CRMs and uh, <laughs> like like leads or leads right like there, there's people that are looking to buy houses there's people that are looking to sell houses and they kind of all have the same basic questions and processes so um, yes. so but, but what's nice is that because you guys are focused on it, you know, you've dealt with the, uh, with, with the learning curve, you know, how to take that same process yes. and do it for somebody else. And, uh, and that's part of where, uh, that combination of you're able to be, you know, cheap compared to a massive call center. And yet you're able to still be drastically, uh, you know, more effective than, than just hiring that individual person, uh, because you're already trained up. You already know what you're doing. You just, you're ready to plug and play. A hundred percent. One of the things just to, to just to give an extra edge to it, like I already have the recipe to actually get the results. Right. Like with my clients, if they don't if they don't see results, we always have a meeting. Like, and I show them the stats and I tell them, okay, this is the reason why we're not getting the results. If you fix this, I could guarantee you that you will see results on the next month. So that's one of the things. Like, I already know what to look for in order for us to get results. I already know how to make sure that. Once we live transfer the lead, there's a bigger chance that you would actually put them under contract, right? So we already, you're right about that. That's one of the things that I never really thought about and, you know, took it for granted, you would say. It's right. like I had a lot of learning curves and now it's, it's actually paying off because I learned from them. So everything is, is very, very solid. And that's the reason why um, you're right. I'm, I'm niched down to just real estate because that's my expertise. And that's where I know how to produce results. Like our client retention itself is very, very high as well. And I'm even amazed with that because like the things that I did in the past actually right. works and I duplicated. Like right. It's just amazing that, you know, it was just an experience. Like it was just me working and now I'm teaching others and it's producing the same result. And exactly. it's just amazing. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, so you're able to, to benefit from, uh, you've already figured it out, right? Like that's that's one of the biggest things that people miss. Any new venture is going to have a learning curve, right? So whether whether it's whether it's just getting started in real estate or whether it's bringing on an ISA, uh, you know, and and like training them up, like all of these things, it's like even if you're fantastic at real estate yourself, working with an ISA is its own learning curve, right? It's its own thing. And, yes. and the more of that that you have to figure out on your own, the more likely that that's going to be a problem. And that's, that's one of the benefits of working with a call center is that essentially 
most of that's already been figured out. And, and a lot of work has gone in to make it as easy as possible to just bolt on the service uh, and, and start getting the results that you're looking for. So, um, so yeah, anyway, so again, those, those myths that we covered, uh, we'll walk back through them real quick. So, so the first myth, uh, you have to hire U.S.-based companies. Well, that's that's not the case as long as you know where you're hiring and in the right places. And and uh, uh, U.S.-based companies, while they obviously can give you a good result too, right? Any anything where you have somebody trained up and they know what they're doing, they can give you a good result. Uh, and yet you're going to pay for it, right? You know, paying somebody a yeah. livable salary in the U.S. is going to be a lot more expensive uh, than it is when you outsource uh, to a country like the Philippines. Uh, the other, the other, uh, one of the other main myths is that you're going to get somebody uh, if you outsource outside of the U.S. Uh, with a hard to understand accent, and and that's just not true as long as you're you're paying enough and you're looking in the right areas, right? So the Philippines is a great country uh, to be able to hire for that skill set, uh, and as long as you're paying the top end of people uh, who have the skill set, who have a, a you know a solid, uh, clear you know Western trained accent. Uh, then you're going to be able to get people who, you know, that, that, that when they call, they're going to get great results and be able to, um, you know, really have a very understandable, clear uh, accent. Uh, and then finally, well, I guess not finally, our, our second to last is uh, hiring, hiring folks in, in the Philippines, uh, you know, is going to be unreliable. Well, that's just not true as long as they're getting paid enough and as long as that culture uh, is being dealt with. Uh, to make sure that people are happy in their work environment and understanding, uh, it, you know, understanding those specifics that that are a little bit different uh, in the Philippine, you know, the Filipino culture compared to, uh, you know, may, maybe what's expected, um, you know, in the in the U.S. And honestly, like none of it is super off the wall. I think most of us understand the, the same principles. It's not like it's it's not like yes. it's massively different. It just might have a little bit of a of an order of importance higher uh, than than you would expect yes. compared to you know, a, a U.S. based company. Uh, and then finally, uh, the, the, the last thing is that, you know, there's a perspective that call centers are, are you know, essentially going to require a massive budget. Um, you have to work with a really big call center or you work with the individual. And, uh, and really, that's, that's the whole purpose of this is that, that you started uh, here to assist.co uh, as, as that elite force of ISAs who are dedicated in this industry, who know what they're doing, uh, that, that, can, that can do a great job at a really reasonable rate. Uh, that that the average real estate agent can afford, right? So uh, so let's go ahead and and talk about that a little bit. Um, so say somebody wants to get started with here to assist. What is what does that process look like? What does it look like to work with you guys? Uh, you know, just just real quick as we wrap up here. If somebody wants to hire you, uh, what 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 are the next steps and what does that look like for them? Um, usually, you're just gonna take a look at like we're just gonna ask like what CRM do they have. And once we know the CRM, then we're going to put call dispositions. So if they don't have any call dispositions on their CRM, we're going to put it there so we could properly track the leads that are coming in every month. Right. So and, and that's one for, of the things that we actually do as well. For anybody who doesn't know what a call disposition is, basically it's the idea of like, what was the result of this call, right? Like, is it, did, did I get a, a qualified lead? Did I, you know, did they hang up on me? Did they asked to be removed from the, from the database? That kind of stuff, just basically the standard results that would happen from a call. So anyway, continue. A hundred percent. And that way we could actually better track the leads. Right. So once we have that, we're just going to put the ISA on standby ready to dial all the leads that are going to be coming in. Right. So if they already have existing leads, then that would be amazing because it's just going to be like a plug and play for the ISA. So right. we just, um, they're just going to give us the username password or uh, like a different username password for the CRM have the ISA put there and just dial right away. And that's it. They don't have to train them 
because they already know how to handle all the uh, type of leads that they're going to give them. So for example, circle prospecting, like for sale by owners, uh, expired listings and all of that. First, um, Facebook leads, Google leads, all of that stuff. Sellers, investors, you know, we could actually handle them because it's just going to be um, uh, the same um, area with, when it comes to real estate. So yes, right. as yeah, long as it's in real estate, basically, <laughs> we know how to qualify them. Yeah, perfect. And, and I mean, on that note, there are sometimes refinements that uh, that 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 a client might want, uh, you know, something slightly different, something slightly unique, and you guys are able to adapt to uh, some level of that customization as well. Uh, you, you know, you've just figured out that there's not a ton of customization that's ever needed, right? Because it's it, overall, it's the it's the same basic process. Yes, a hundred percent, and that's where my experience actually puts into play. Because right. once they ask for something, I would already know if it makes sense or not, if it could produce results or not. And right. the good thing about it is, is like what they're going to ask for is just going to be very, very similar. So it's going to be like extra additional questions. Like, can you do this a little bit? You know, stuff like that where right. it would be not a really big deal, you would say. So definitely like anything that is, is just around the CRM that we could actually do, we're definitely going to do it for, for them. So yes. Perfect. So that's we're very, very flexible, you would say. Awesome. Awesome. And so, I mean, I know you, you do a great job. You, you've, you've walked me through what you guys are up to. You've shown me your system. Uh, and so if anybody wants to go through and check out what you're up to to see if it happens to be a good fit for them, uh, we've got a link set up for you guys uh, to let them know that you came from Real Estate Growth Hackers. It's, it's realestategrowthhackers.com slash go slash H2A. And that's the letter H, the number two, the letter A. Uh, so realestategrowthhackers.com slash go slash H2A. That'll, that'll direct you to, uh, um, you know, to a page where you could tell them that, uh, that, that, that you came from us, that you could say, hey, uh, Zach sent you from Real Estate Growth Hackers, and, uh, and Harry will be like, awesome. I love Zach. Zach's the best. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> 100%. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, and, and, and as, a, as a bonus to that, if you guys do uh, end up signing up, so there's no obligation to, uh, to reach out and to see what they're up to, no obligation on that front. So feel yeah. free, uh, set an appointment and see what the system's up to, you know, about, see if it's a good fit. But if you do end up signing up, uh, then actually as a, as a bonus to you, um, you know, our company, Real Estate Growth Hackers, is going to offer uh, a free course that's going to help you to generate more leads so that you can get those leads plugged into Harry's team and here to assist and make sure that they're getting those processed for you. So uh, anyway, it'll be a really great way to add some value to that process. So again, if you want to get access to that, uh, to find out about what Harry's up to at here to assist and see if it's a good fit for you, go to realestategrowthhackers.com slash go slash H2A. Uh, if you want to check it out directly, you can feel free to do that as well. And that website is here to assist.co. And again, that's the, the word here, the number two, uh, and assist.co, not.com.co. So make sure that, uh, that you, that you get that spelled right. If you're going to go there directly, um, Harry, thanks so much for coming on. This is uh this has been great content. Uh, I'm super excited for you. I'm super excited for, uh, you know, for your business, for your, uh, for your entrepreneurship and, uh, and, and how you're making a difference, uh, both for your family, uh, for your, for the families of those that are, that are working with you. And then just for the, the general culture of, uh, of entrepreneurship and, uh, and, and people, uh, being able to take action for themselves and, and, and impact their own lives. Uh, I, I think it's a, a one of the best things that, uh, that people can do, uh, to make a difference in the world and for themselves. So anyway, I congratulate you on that. And, uh, and thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, brother. And 
thank you so much for actually inviting me here. And it's been amazing. You know, you always have, we always have great talks. You know that I, um, off cam, right? We always talk about things and we always have great talks. And, you know, it's, it's been an honor to actually be here and, and talking to you right now. It's just talking to a friend, brother. Like, I can't wait to actually meet you in person. Hopefully, Absolutely. you know, after this COVID-19 is over, I could actually visit you guys and meet you personally. Thank you so much, Zach. Thank you so much, brother. Absolutely. And one last thing. If there, if there is one thing that you wanted to leave people with on this episode, uh, what's, the, uh, what's the, the, the last bit of wisdom, the last uh, recommendation that you'd give as we, as we go ahead and, uh, and close out this episode? Um, if you wanted to close, uh, if you wanted to scale fast, if you want to have a competent team, then hire a call center. If you wanted to have the money right away or the closings right away, then hire uh, a call center because it's going to save you a lot of your time. So it's just going to be like a plug and play and that's it. So again, thank you so much for, for inviting me, Zach. It's been amazing, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. You got it. You got it. And again, one last time, guys, if you want to check out what Harry's up to and here to assist uh, and you want to let him know that Real Estate Growth Hackers sent you, that's realestategrowthhackers.com slash go slash H. 2A. And that's the letter H, the number two, the letter A. That'll also be available uh, in the show notes. But, uh, but either way, uh, again, Harry, thanks for coming on. And, uh, and that, that, uh, that's a wrap for this episode. We'll, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Growth Hacker Show. Remember, done is better than perfect. To turn the marketing ideas and tactics you just learned into real growth for your real estate business, visit us at realestategrowthhackers.com. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with another real estate professional who could benefit from the information. Or maybe you'd like to subscribe to the show to never miss an episode. And you can leave a rating or review on iTunes with your biggest takeaway, helping this show to reach and help more people just like you. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.